Do you know who this is? Right here. This guy sitting on the front. This is Brad Fitzek, friend of Michael Freeman. They went to they went to youth group together when they were in high school. Back in the green striped shirt. That's Greg Schulte. Brother of Kim Smith, brother in law of Andy Smith. Back with the red scarf, looking so pretty. Is Miss Joy, mother of Marie. Most of the people in this church, we can we can give a, a label, but a good label too, because we can say they are so and so, friend of so and so, and they are here because they were invited by so and so. Melody Kimberlin, friend of Mark Harper, Mark and Carol Harper. Most people who come to a church, they come because they were invited by a friend. Not because of a killer uh, marketing campaign, not because of any other reason, but this is my friend. I trust my friend. My friend is so passionately inviting me, I'm going to come check it out. I said it before, the building, our our new building that we're so excited to move into that it's going to be available in four weeks, five weeks, three weeks, I mean, probably not three weeks, but soon. It's a strategy. The building's a strategy. It's not the vision. Our vision is Jesus Christ. The building's a strategy to get people there. But friends, that strategy of a cool new building does not trump relationship and personal contact and personal invitation to getting people to church. Last week I, I told you guys that God had given us this word, you know, this kind of you know, good and bad word. And he's like, Mark, you're not going to grow like other churches. You're not going to grow. You're not going to see that that just steady growth. I'm going to double you. And, and I, I love the double part. I love that we're going to, you know, he's going to double us. But I didn't like the other part. Because it's easier to grow a church. I made that comment. It's easier to grow a church with just that incremental growth. So how is he going to do that? How is he going to double us? I tell you what, after being in that, in our building on Sunday night and all those teens there, I, you know, Kara made the comment. She's like, I didn't realize it, but God's going to bring a bunch of teens. Part of our doubling is he's going to bring a bunch of teens to this church. And then we get a text from Terry Kruger who sent this uh, prophetic declaration over us. He said, there are tons of new young life coming your way. But this night was prophetic. Um, so I know that'll be part of our growth. New people slash temporary strangers. It's only temporary for a little while. Once they walk through the door and we meet them and we greet them. Now we're beginning a relationship so they're not strangers anymore. We're just, we're just growing relationship with them. New people, that'll be part of the growth. It will. Having, having a new building and people, just curiosity, that'll be part of the growth. But it doesn't take the place of of relationship and that passionate, okay, I, you know I invited you, you know, I've been inviting you for years, but you need to come. You need to come. You need to come check. Use, use the strategy of the new building. You need to come check out our new building. It's awesome. And I was thinking about that and thinking about where that growth is going to come. And I realized that's why it's so important that God has stressed for years leadership training. It's a crazy high 
percentage of people in this church that have been through leadership training. Why? Why did the Lord make that part of our strategy? Because your friends trust you. Your family trusts you. And you are a leader. And there's times they're going to have answers about Jesus, about life, about death, about circumstances, about chaotic events, about all these things. And they're going to come to the one that they've seen light in for the duration of that relationship. They're going to come to the one that they can go, she's going to shoot me straight. He's going to have an answer for him. He's a Christian. I bet you he knows the answer to this. And out of trust, they're going to come. But leaders are needed. To point them in the right direction. To point them to Jesus. That's what we do when we come in here. We point people to Jesus. We talk about Jesus. We say it all the time. There's no competition among the Trinity. The Father doesn't get at all jealous about us exalting Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the Father gave the Son the name above all names. And the Holy Spirit doesn't get jealous about us talking about Jesus. Because it says that the Holy Spirit is there as a guide and as a teacher and to guide us into all truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. And the way and the life. So we come here and we point people to Jesus. But friends, in our lives, each one of us are needed to point people to Jesus. Our church values worship. We value worship. We do. We, we, put a, we put a premium on it. So much so that if we had to choose one every single week, we can only worship or preach the Word, then we'd be known as the church that doesn't preach the Word. We'd be, if we had to choose one, we would be known as the church that lifts up Jesus Christ, that worships Jesus and then goes home. Thank God we don't have to just choose. Thank God for me, because I love preaching. But thank God that we, we don't have to choose. But we value worship. But as people come through those doors, there's going to be things that take place in worship that they just might not be familiar with that they need an answer to. And I'm not the guy to answer those questions. Did you guys hear me? I'm not the guy to answer those questions. I only preach on worship maybe a couple times a year. We'll talk about it often, but I'm not the guy to answer that question. Who's the person to answer those questions that they're going to have about worship? Who? You guys are. You guys are. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. It's going to be a preach unlike I've ever done before. If you saw my notes, it's I highlight Scripture in yellow, and then I highlight other pertinent things. You know, I just like saw know where I'm at in my in my preach, and it's question and yellow. It's green and yellow. It's green and yellow. It's I mean, you know, get used to get used to that right there. It's it's question and scripture, question and scripture. And then I'm going to email this to everybody, so that everyone has the same. So that you have my notes, and you have these scriptures. But I want to encourage you with this: not every answer is necessarily going to be scripture. Sometimes it's just going to be relationship. I'll give you an example. You bring someone in, they're like, "Dude, why is everyone raising their hands? Why are you raising your hands?" you can go to Scripture and you can find an answer. Or you can say, you know what, for me, uh, it's so easy for me to think that I'm the boss. It's so easy for me to think I'm the one that's calling the shots or I'm the one that's in control. When I raise my hands, it's a form of surrender. It's a way that I acknowledge God and say, 
you call the shots and I surrender. I'm not the one in control here. I know you are. And that's the way I want it. So for me, that's why I do it. Not Scripture. Not Scripture. But pretty dang good. I mean, truth be told, that's probably a better answer than if you were to say, well, you know, um, John 2, 9 says, like, which John said that? Who's John 2 and E? What? No. But we, we want to we go through Scripture tonight. Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 says that he gave some apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So that's what I'm doing tonight. I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. It just so happens I fit into one of these known as the fivefold. And so I'm here to equip the saints. That's you guys. I can see your halos. I know your saints. Darlene's is the shiniest. <laughs> Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. They're not going to come to a stranger. They're probably not going to come to a stranger with the question. They might. They're going to come to the one they trust, which is you. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So that's what we're doing tonight. Okay? We're just we're going to go through Scripture. We want it to live richly in our hearts. And, and we're looking for answers. And we're going to trust the Holy Spirit who, once again, He's awesome at strategy. And th- there's going to be times that that word is just going to jump from us. It's going to just jump from our heart. I'm not asking you to memorize a bunch of scriptures because I don't know that I've ever preached a message with this many scriptures. And if there's ever a sermon when I was going to say memorize some scriptures, this isn't the one because there's so many of them. But let's let His Word live in our heart. Let, let's, let's, if we don't know what the Word says about worship and why we do what we do, let's learn some of these things so that we can be equipped with answers. Amen? So, one question. Why are we waiting? Why are we not singing? There's times in our worship service like tonight when we were singing and the words were up there and we were all singing those words and then it stopped and then we waited and then it was quiet but the music kept playing. It's like, did they forget the songs? Did your friend, did your friend's wife forget the words? It happens. But no, that's, that's not the reason why. So why are we waiting? Isaiah 40, 29-31 says this, He, God, gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So let's say, you know, I'm not going to do this for every every verse. I'm not going to do this. Um, we're we're going to get on a roll here. But let's just say your friend's like, you know, in worship and he's looking around and not knowing. And maybe maybe that friend's not asking you. But maybe you lean near everybody and say, hey, here's why we're waiting right now. The Bible says those that wait upon the Lord, He'll renew their strength. And I don't know about you, but I need my strength renewed tonight. And so that's kind of what we're doing right now. As a church, we're just waiting on Him. So just let Him renew your strength. Just let Him, let him renew your strength. Right? Why sing so long? Why do you sing so long? 
Well, you guys, there's a lot to praise Him for. Psalm 150, which is the last, that's the last psalm, that's the last of, of the psalms written. Verses 1 through 2 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according for His excellent greatness. Praise Him because He loves you. Praise Him because He saved you. Praise Him because He forgave you. Praise Him because shame has no hold on you. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. We, we go a little overboard on praise Him because there's a lot to praise Him for. Well, why do you do it this way? Why do you have to have so many instruments? Let's continue there in Psalm 150, verse 3. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Praise Him with harmonica. Praise Him with, with clapping, with foot stomping. Praise Him. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And then in case David wasn't redundant enough, how does he close out this book? Praise the Lord. John twenty, John four twenty three and twenty four says this: but the hour is coming, and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people. The Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. I mean, if we're sitting there, if we're sitting there singing a song in tongues to the Lord and, and your friend gets that funny look, just be like, hey, this is one of the ways we just worship the Lord in spirit. I'll explain it to you later. Right? You just, I mean, that's it. You don't, have to, you don't have to go into a dissertation right now. You don't have to call you know, someone, Mark, come over here, explain tongues now. No, no, it's in the Word of God. We'll, we'll get to it later. Just worship the Lord. This is one of the ways we worship Him in spirit. Why worship at the beginning? Psalm 102, 100, verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. But I can't sing. My voice is horrible. I, people get annoyed when I talk. That's how bad my voice is. Fran Drescher, anybody? Okay, you can't sing, but can you be joyful? Psalm 95, 1-3 says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Above all gods. Friends, I don't care what our voice is like. He's a great God. He's a great King above all gods. And what does that mean? He's a great God above the God of depression or above the God of a bad day or above the God of a flat tire on the way here or above the God of a marital spat you know, or above the God of anything. Right? And we make a joyful noise. Man, anyone ever like Make like a like you're crying and singing and praising and you're like oh, I hope no one hears because that's just not an ugly that's just not a pretty sound man it's just like a, like an ugly cry you know when sometimes we have the ugly cries like other times it's like and tears just trickle and it's lovely other times we have the ugly cry man it's beautiful to him it's beautiful to him it's not ugly to him 
It's beautiful to him. I don't really feel like it. I just honestly, I, I, you mentioned the flat tire, and you mentioned the marital spat. You mentioned, I, I had all of them before coming today, so I just don't feel like it. Well, then do it as a sacrifice. Hebrews thirteen fifteen says, through him, then let us continually offer offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. What an awesome scripture. The fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. That's why we call out the name of Jesus. 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 And it's not just His name. It's not just His name. It's His character. His name represents His character. His honor. His value. And that fruit is supposed to come from our lips, friends. As a sacrifice. I don't, I, I don't feel like it. And then command yourself and remind yourself, right? Command yourself and remind yourself. Psalm 103, 1 through 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all this within me. Bless His holy name, exclamation mark. David's commanding his soul. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases who redeems your entire life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. There's times, friends, we just have to remind our soul how praiseworthy our God is and do it even if we don't feel like it. Well, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be phony. That is a lie from the enemy. You you get in there and you remind yourself of how great it is and there'll be nothing fake about it. But just take your eyes off the flat tire and remember how good He is. See, this, this turned into a preach. I wasn't even going to preach. I was just going to read a bunch, you know, yellow and green. Remember, I, it's, if you start talking about Jesus, how can we not? This is just for you. I get it. I get it. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad you have this church, but this is just for you. It's not for me. It's not for everyone, right? I mean, you can't say this is for everyone. Uh, actually, I can because Psalm 117, 1 through 2 says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So praise the Lord. It's for all of us. It's for every nation. It's for every people. Psalm 104 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Friends, our worship, has there has to be an intentionality to it. And so sometimes that's good. You know, if we have a friend here, just to let them know, go, hey, the minute we walk in, the minute, the minute we're in this place, I encourage you to set your heart into a place of thanks. Because God loves you. And, and you're going to experience Him tonight. You're going to experience Him today. He's going to touch you in a cool way. I don't know how, because that's how awesome God is. He, you know, it's he, not the same way He's going to touch me, but He's going to touch you. But I just want to set your heart into a place of thanks, because that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm walking into this place with a thankful heart. I'm used I'm used to singing hymns. The old timey gospel. Come on. I'm used to hymns. I not these new songs. Psalm ninety four, or ninety six rather, verse one through four says, Oh sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. You know what there's times during worship? I don't even know what song you guys are singing. Because I'm singing a new song. You know, I'll just find a rhythm. I'll find something that, you know, I'll just, Jesus, you're holy. 
Jesus, you're lovely. Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. So I did. I repeated it three times. I don't know what they're singing, but I'm singing to him a new song. Because that's what my heart can't contain, is that I'm singing about my Jesus. Jesus, I need you. My day was brutal. You are so awesome. Come and consume me. A new song. I like the hymns too. I, I grew up I grew up in the South and I grew up in a Christian home and I like hymns too. But you know what? I want these young people to bring every one of their friends they have. And so we gotta have some new songs. We, we gotta have some things so that you know something new. So when young people walk in they're like, That is cool, what is that? You're singing about Jesus? Wow, but it's cool. How is giving a form of worship? First Chronicles 16.29 Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. You guys, our whole lives should be a form of worship. should be a form of offering. Everything we lay before Him should be worship. Lord, I trust You with this. Lord, I worship You with my marriage. Let my marriage glorify You, Lord God. Let my marriage point people to You. Let people look and see something. Lord, let the way I father my children... Lord, let it glorify you, Lord. Let me be in a dad. Lord, Father, in some way, let me remind people of how awesome a father you are. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says, There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I'm not going to lie. I just wanted to share this one because this is what Kevin Bacon preached to John Lithgow on Footloose. Okay. And what was the result? What was the result? They got to have their dance. Okay, They got to have their prom. And, and one of the best dance scenes we've ever seen. Ecclesiastes 3, 4. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And a time to sway John Lithgow in that town to have your prom. Whatever. Dude, why is that guy on his knees? Why is that guy on his knees? Psalm 95, 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. That's a legitimate question. Why is that dude on his knees? I don't know. I don't know. But man, he's just getting before his God. He's worshiping his God, or he's coming before his God in, in needs. He's, he's worshiping Jesus. I don't know what's going on with him. But I promise you this, whatever he's doing down there, and he's getting him some Jesus. He's getting touched by the Holy Spirit right now. Whatever it is, it's cool. You don't got to do it, but you also can do it if you want, if you feel the need. Why are you shouting? Psalm 33, 2 and 3 says, Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to Him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. Tell me that's not like rock and roll worship, man. Playing on the strings with loud shouts. That's what we did the other night. Man. But does it have to be so loud? Does it have to be so loud? Friends, do a search on loud. It's in the Bible a lot. So I'm not saying all of our worship has to be loud, but sometimes loud is the appropriate response. Psalm 47.1 To the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Clap your hands all peoples shout to God with loud songs of joy. So you write some of your own songs? 
Yeah, Psalm 101 says, a Psalm of David, I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. That's cool. Why all those instruments? First Chronicles 13, 8. And David and all Israel were rejoicing before God with all their might, with song and lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. This one I love. This one I love. What do you mean his presence is here? Why are you calling like calling for his presence? Why do you want to be aware of his presence? What what does that mean? Oh, friends, Zephaniah three seventeen says, The Lord your God is in your midst. He's in your midst. His presence is here. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Friends, if there's one you memorize, it's Zechariah 3.17 or Zephaniah 3.17. He ministers over us. That's, what his, that's why we want His presence. In His presence, He ministers and He quiets my heart. When I'm with Him in His presence, he, he, there's a gladness. Why are we being quiet? Psalm 62, 1 and 2 says, To the choir master, according to Jejuthun, a psalm of David, for God alone for God alone, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He only is my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. I tell you what, friends, one of the best ministry things we can do when praying for people is the Lord's like, hey, I want you to pray for this young man. And you just come and you just go, okay, Lord, that's all you told me to do, so that's all I want to do. Hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna wait right here. I'm just gonna be silent before the Lord. He told me to pray for you, but I don't know what I'm gonna pray. But we're not in a hurry, right? Let's just stay in his presence. Let's just stay here. Let's see what he has to say. Right? We don't have to be in a rush, guys, and we don't have to have all the answers. There's no formula for ministry. You know what I want? I want what God's saying to him. I want to hear what God... Lord, what do you think about this young man? Lord, what are you feeling about him right now, Lord God? What do you want to say to him right now? I'm just going to listen. We can be silent before the Lord, guys. We can be silent before the Lord and hear from him. And we can ask him great questions like that. Lord, what do you think about me? Lord, what, what do you feel about me, Lord? Say something to me about my family right now. About my health right now, Lord. About my finances. About my marriage, Lord. Just, I need to hear from you. So I just want to be silent before you. This is a good one. How can you praise a God at a time like this? How can you praise God at a time like this? could be a time of national tragedy. Could could be a time of personal tragedy. Acts 16, 25 and 26 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. 
They were praying and singing hymns to God and prisoners were listening because they were in prison. Because they were with them. They were in shackles. They were bound. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all of the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Friends, I'll, I'll answer this. How can you worship God in a time like this? Oh, brother, sister, there's no better time to worship Him. There's no better time to worship Him. I have to worship Him in a time like this. Otherwise, I, I might lose my mind because I don't have any answers. So I just, I, I have to worship Him because He's my answer. Okay, that's, that's a lot of scriptures. I'm going to send you these notes. But the best answer you can give is just an authentic one. Why is she crying? I don't know. She must have got really impacted by God. But, man, I, I cry sometimes too. And it's, I, I never regret that I do. I, I never, I never feel bad for crying in his presence. Because he always, it's like, it's like he's washing me or something. I don't know. You don't have to have... If you ask me some of these questions I just asked you, I might not be able to sit there and quote that right back to you. But I'll have a good answer for you that will point you to Jesus. So my friend Brandon Shoup, he and I were hanging out recently. And he was raised like in a Lutheran or, or a Methodist church. It was a very traditional church. And he had a girlfriend, and she was Assemblies of God. And so he went to a youth event with this girlfriend. And he goes to this Assemblies of God youth event, and they start speaking in tongues. And he's like, that is the devil. That is the devil. I'm telling you right now, I don't know what it is, but I've never heard that before in my life. And his girlfriend leans over to him and she goes, hey, they're speaking in tongues right now. It's in the Bible. I'll explain it to you after the service. He goes, okay. He went back into worship. Jump ahead a year and a half, he transfers to Oral Roberts University where he hears a lot of speaking in tongues. Sometimes, guys, we've got to be that leader in the relationship. We've got to be leader in that room to lean over and go, hey, don't be freaked out. This is all good. You might not be used to it. I'll explain it to you later. Right? Guys, to grow the... I mean, does, how many of you guys... I right, think of some friends you have that could really... that you want to be a part of this church family. You think they'd benefit from relationships with some really cool people. You think they'd benefit from a place where there's freedom and worship, where you think they would benefit by coming here. They're not going to get here if you don't invite them, guys. The Holy Spirit's counting on you. He's counting on you on this one. He's, he's wanting you to invite them. But when they come here, they need someone to lead them, to point them in the right direction. And thank God that He's provided a church full of leaders, a church full of people to just lead over and go, See, I know you well enough to know that he's, he's grabbing your heart right now and I, I know you well enough to know you're kind of fighting him. Don't. Don't. Just let him have his way. You can trust him. I know it's kind of weird to you. Just let it out. Trust him. Our friends and family may be the biggest part of our doubling. And that is why you and I are needed as leaders. Because when something happens in here that they're not familiar with, when worship goes maybe a little longer, or there's silence, or there's crying, or there's shouting, or there's whatever, they need someone they trust 
to point them to the one that they trust, the one that you trust, Jesus Christ. What about when we're not in this place? Everything I just said goes is true in the workplace. It's true in the neighborhood. It's true on the, the kids' soccer team. It's true, it's true, it's true. This world is in need of people who are confident enough to say, hey, I might not have all the answers, but I do know the answer is Jesus. And if you got a few minutes, I'd love to talk to you about him a little bit. Let's be those leaders, huh? Let's be those leaders. Let's be those leaders. Let's be those leaders in our home. Let's be those leaders in our neighborhood. Let's be those leaders to strangers. And let's be those leaders to temporary strangers. Amen.